Super Talk Mississippi media production. All right, one last po- <clears throat> excuse me, one last uh, thunder and lightning post game live here on the 2021 season. Thanks for joining me, guys. Brian Haydad here. Mississippi State falls to Texas Tech by the final score. Can't believe I'm saying this out loud. Even uh, 34 to seven is that final score. Mississippi State. Oh, let's just be honest, guys. They got embarrassed tonight. Up and down the field, both sides of the ball. Uh, nothing good coming from them in a, in a game where you know it felt like Mike Leach had had you know sort of put himself out there and and was going to you know really have a, a game plan and have a lot going on. And it was quite the opposite. State looked under underprepared, under-motivated, and they just didn't come ready to play. Uh, and they played what was easily, easily their worst game of the season, even more so than Alabama. Because with Alabama, you're talking about the uh, the the national – the guys, team's probably going to win the national championship, right? You lose badly to them, okay, you can get over that. This is a – Six and six Texas Tech team that coming in had not shown any kind of signs of life like this, and they they run up five hundred plus yards of offense on you. Um, they run the ball for six yards a carry on you. Uh, they force three turnovers, and they limit your offense, which had been doing so well, uh, to three hundred and forty four yards. Uh, one of your worst performances of the season. Just bad, just bad up and down the field. Uh, obviously, State was not at full strength, you know, missing the, the opt-out guys, missing the guys they lost tonight, you know, due to COVID protocols. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, just no excuse to get embarrassed and manhandled like this up and down the field uh, the way that they did. Will Rogers, 32 of 53 for 290 yards, snapping his 10-game uh, streak of over 300 yards passing per game. Um Rushing the football, 20 carries for 54 yards, so didn't really have anything there. Didn't really try anything there, to be honest with you, until late in the game. And, and Texas Tech, give them a lot of credit. Would never have guessed. This this game you know, has a lot of things that, as a, as a guy who predicts games and tries to, to prognosticate however you want to put it, uh, could never have guessed State would give up 260 yards rushing. <coughs> Excuse me. To, uh, to Texas Tech. But that's what they did. And, you know, turnovers, they lose a turnover battle three to nothing. Um, give up four sacks to a team that only had 16 sacks on the year. Just, you know, it just it just wasn't good. So, all right, well, I've done enough talking. Let's see what you guys have to say. We'll start with Josh Watson. Josh, you're up. Jared Gardner, uh, you're on deck. John Burnett, you're in the hole. Josh, well, you there? Yeah, man. Um, Go ahead, man. First of all, uh, let me just – I just want to say I'm sorry to uh, to anyone who went to this game or uh, <laughs> received these tickets as a Christmas present or, God forbid, spent your own money to go see this. <laughs> I mean, I, as somebody said it in the chat, I don't think there was anything positive to take away. And, I, you know, I, I should probably be ashamed to say this, but I'm really not the way the stuff with tonight. I spent the last quarter of the game watching Titanic with my wife. So, I mean, Ooh. it was that bad. I don't know. I mean, you, you pretty much said it. I mean, we, from the very beginning, outcoached, outplayed, outhustled, just outworked. And it, it showed. And it's not a good way to end the season and hopefully – uh, not a precursor of things to come. Hopefully they get their stuff together before next year. But uh, 
not good tonight. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no getting around that. Thanks, Josh. Uh, when when you, the way you end the season, you know, we talked about it so much on on the podcast the past couple of days of how this was going to be maybe the launching point to go forward into 2022. You know, and instead of you know, because if you win the game tonight, we're all in here talking about man, you know, can't can't wait to see football next year. I'm so excited. Can't wait for spring football. What's it going to be like? And instead, my guess is, and you guys can let me know in the chat. We're all thinking the same thing, right? When does baseball start? That's what we're all thinking right now. So, you know, Leach's problem is this, and it's the problem that Ben Howland has, is that you have to win the games you're supposed to win when you're going to coach Mississippi State. You have to be able to be counted on to, to win the games where you're the favorite. That's how Dan Mullen made his money at Mississippi State. He never beat anybody he wasn't supposed to for the most part. But when, when State was the favorite, you could almost certainly count on Dan Mullen. And that's how you get nine years and, and, and go to bowl games and stuff like that. Leach is never going to have that kind of support when he's losing games like this. It's just, it's just not. You know, Both games that played were played in the city of Memphis this year were embarrassing losses. Different kind of games, obviously different margins of, of defeat, but both embarrassing losses. And so now we go into the offseason. I mean, you know, answer this. When, when, I, when I have you on, if you're a season ticket holder, tell me if you're excited about buying season tickets for next year. Let's go ahead and go to, uh, to Jared Gardner, and he can answer that first. John Burnett up that next, and then Coach Brad Haynes. Jared, are you, are you a season ticket holder? I am not. I, uh, I used to be up until about 2015 when my dad decided to hand it off to me when I got married. So I could not. That's, that was your anymore. first bad decision there, Jared. You just, uh, what, well, what were you thinking? I, well, I missed the South Alabama game in 2016, so I don't feel bad about it. There you go. Um, oh, go ahead, though. But so you answered my first question. I, I was thinking, is this Mike Leach hire? It's starting to look like a Ben Howland type hire. Um, and also, one of my cats knocked over a freshly poured beer in the first quarter oh. with about 11 minutes left. Should I have just turned the game off then? Um, I mean, that, that's that's a reasonable expectation. I mean, at that point, you had to know things were going to go badly for you. Yeah. So, I mean, with, with ha- the Howland thing is interesting because State was clearly better this year than they were last year. Sort of the same way under Howland that the program improved year one, year two, year three, year four. They, they kept getting better, but at the same time, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and mute you there, Jerry, because you got something going on uh, noise-wise there. But they, they, you know, the, the program continued to get better and get better, but you weren't seeing like the, the, the big jumps that you'd like to see at any point. It was just such a slow and steady process. Obviously, improving from four and seven to seven and six is good. Obviously, the offense was a lot better. But you feel like this team left a lot of wins on the field. And you combine that with State now being – people can can say what they want. They can call it little brother syndrome. They can do whatever they like. I don't care. But the fact of the matter is you, you got to beat Ole Miss to be the head coach at Mississippi State. And now you're 0-2. Then you got to go to Oxford this year. I mean, there's a lot on the line for, for like Mike Leach in this upcoming season. Let's go to John Burnett, Brad Haynes, and then Rob Hadaway. That's the uh, the order we're going in. John, are you there? I am. Can you hear me, Brian? I can. Go ahead, man. Good deal. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I've been better. There you go. Uh, I am a season ticket holder. Um, I am. Are you excited to buy them next year? 
I'm going to hold my nose while I buy them next year. Okay, there you go. I'm just going to continue to build priority points so that I can improve my baseball tickets. That that's uh, I, I bet a lot of people have that same philosophy right now. Um, I think it was. I just wanted to say this stat because I think Parrish Alford was the one that tweeted it. Um, that was the lowest number of points given up all year by Texas Tech. Kansas scored more points yeah. than Mississippi State did tonight. Kansas scored 14, State scored 7. I realized that there were a lot of people out, but that was atrocious. And I, well, and I know I know your key word is putrid, but you're going to have to come mm-hmm. up with a stronger one than that for Monday. What, uh, what bothers me about what, what you're saying about people being out, they were out defensively, right? I mean, yeah, you're missing yeah. Cross and Lashley, but I didn't think the offensive line was a huge issue until late in the game. I right. thought Rodgers had – some of the sacks that he gave up were covered sacks. Right. But he just didn't have anybody open. So, I mean, I, I, I can't blame the uh, – the, 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 the COVID departures there for no, any of this. Not at all. And I saw some people say on Twitter, you know, did they even practice? And yeah. I mean, I wasn't there and I, I don't know, but it sure didn't look like it. Or if it, if it, if they did, they definitely weren't preparing for whatever they saw tonight. So either yeah, no question. I mean, and also one other thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah. I realized that special teams strike again. Now the, I realized that the special teams coach, and I can't even remember what the guy's name is, but I know he's a good Matt recruiter. Brock. At yeah. some point, at some point, if you can't coach them up, does it matter who you're recruiting? I mean, that's what Texas does every year. They get good players that they can't coach, and they suck every year. So, I mean, <coughs> come well, on. Well, what, what I would say th- – thanks for the call, John. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah. It, it, if you're getting good players, you're going to win more than you lose. You're going to put yourself in a position where special teams can't cost you games because you're just winning. But at the same time, you're correct. Matt Brock, and what's funny is the regression. Last year's special teams were pretty good, I thought, anyway. I thought last year they were, you know, Ruiz was obviously a very solid kicker for State last year. I thought that, you know, they were, they were good. This year they took a big step back. So, you know, maybe – Maybe we got to give you know let's let's have three years so we can have two you know either good too too good or too bad and then we sort of figure it out but we'll see. Got a question here in the chat that I see from Leaf Barra now. Do you feel like this part of the trend of Mike Leach losing rivalry games? It wasn't a rivalry game for MSU, but it absolutely was for him. That's the interesting part. You know, I feel like with Leach, he doesn't have the same fire for the Egg Bowl that Mullen clearly had. I think to a degree, Moorhead had as well, and that certainly that MSU fans have for it. But he had a fire for this game, and it just it did. But it didn't translate to his team for whatever reason. And I don't know if maybe it's his team was like you know coaches making this a little too personal. I don't know the reasoning behind it, but I just know that for whatever reason, the way Leach felt about this game did not translate to the way his team played in this game. Let's go to Brad Haynes. Brad, what do you got to say, man? What's going on, Brad? What's up, Brad? Uh, I think I know you run a kid friendly show here, so I don't want to ruin. <laughs> I'm just curious if you knew what uh, WWE legend Ron Simmons would have to say about this game. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to let our next caller answer that. I'm going to go ahead and mute you, Brad, because I know he can say it. So, Brad, thanks for the question. But Rob Hadaway, we're going to bring him on now. Rob, what would 
WWE Hall of Famer Ron Ron Simmons Simmons say about this game. game. Damn! There it is. There it is. What's up, Rob? What's up, Rob? Hey, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know why you didn't want to come to this game. First of all, uh, <laughs> who's just taking this man, man in the world? Man in the world huh? Yeah, I'm just taking a nice tour through some of the nicer parts of Memphis, trying to get to 240. Ooh, good, uh, luck. good luck. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> man, I don't, the the positives of that game, I met Justin Strong. So that was that was hey, good. Hey. Really nice really guy. Really nice guy. He was in row eighty nine, which I'm pretty sure is in a in a different county than the than the actual field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but I mean it's what everybody else said. I mean defensively, half the defense is out. We expected to get scored on. And what you don't expect is to only score seven. And I was talking to people tonight and our receivers cannot they cannot get separation. They can maybe catch a ball 20, 25 feet, 25 yards down the field, but as soon as they catch it, they're tackled, or as soon as they encounter one person, they're they're down. They're, yeah. They can't yeah. get any separation or break any tackles or do anything, you know, beyond catching the ball. If and if they catch the ball, and they didn't tonight. Um, I jeez, I don't, I don't know. You're, hope, you're, hope, you're hopeful. That, that Marquez, Marquez Dorch and Xavier Thomas, Thomas provide that provide over, that the, top over the top speed, speed that, 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 you're, that they're you're lacking, lacking right, now. right now. You have a lot, yeah, of, have a lot of possession receivers, receivers right, now. right now. And they can get, they can they get, get, they open, can get underneath, open underneath and they can find they can the soft find spots, the spots in the defense. The defense. But you're right. But you're nobody right. on this nobody defense can take the top off. And the question then is, is does Rodgers have the arm to get it to him? And I don't know. We'll see about that. We'll see about that. I mean – it's easy to it's throw easy to, to a guy, to a when, guy he's when he's open. Yeah, like the, the third like and ninth is Harvey. Harvey. I know Harvey was getting. They were they were hand fighting all the way down the field, but he's never open in that whole throw. Yeah, never open. And the safety is coming over. I mean, that was that was not going to happen. I want to I want to report also that I've just made it to two forty, so I feel like I'm at the end of the movie Judgment Night when they finally escape. You got it. You got it. Yeah, I'm I'm home free now. Hi, Rob. Hi, Rob. Have a safe trip home. home All right. Take care. All right. Uh, I had another uh, question here in the in the chat. Uh, Taylor Ball, what's the earliest we could realistically move on from Leach? So, I, you know, next year, State's probably going to be a ball team. I think State will be improved. I, I, I Right now, my prediction is eight and four. I mean, e- even if he loses to Ole Miss in that eight and four, there's no moving on. You know, he next year would have to be a – a bad year for Mississippi State to even consider it. So, it, I mean, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. There's no, there's really no point, Taylor, in even talking about that, to be totally honest with you, right at this time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we're going to Gavin Mosley, then Hunter Manis is up, and then Scott Neighbors. <coughs> Gavin, you there? Unmute, Gavin. There we go. Couldn't get it to click. There, there we, we go. go. Yeah, we're good. We're good. All right. So I'm going to preface this like – and I'm going to preface this with what somebody said. I mean, yeah, I understand that we had a lot of guys out, but as you said, that was on defense. There's right, no reason right. that this offense should only score seven points on Texas Tech. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Will Rogers. I do. But 
And and my dad gets all me and my dad argue about this all the time. When Will Rogers is good, he is really good. But when he's bad, he is abysmal. And games yeah. like tonight, just I mean, I I, well, I worry what, what, about. Go ahead. What I would say, I well, here's what I would say, and, and you guys know I'm not usually one to, to sugarcoat. This is a guy who's making. I mean, his career. This is his what 19th start, something like that. 20th start. He's basically, if he had been a two-year starter, he would be halfway through his his second season. We we, we have to sort of take that into account. The, the the COVID year and throwing everything off. He's just going to continue to get better. All right. He had a bad night. And, and what you say about he when he's good, he's good. And when he's bad, he's really bad. Well. I could have said that last, and I'm not trying to make a comparison because I think Corral's yeah. probably going to be a first round pick. But couldn't I have said that about Corral a season ago? Look, he had he had two games where he point. threw a combined 11 interceptions in two games. Oh, I mean, yeah. when he was bad last year, he was awful. But when he's good, he's really good. So, you know, I, I saw there, there's a lot of people in my mentions, and they're saying, you know, Rodgers is obviously not the answer. I mean, the guy just threw for nearly 5,000 yards, and I, and I know that Leach's system sort of lends itself to that, but he could have just thrown for 4,000 yards. He could have just barely gotten there. Instead, he, he completed 75% of his passes. He's 4-1 to one touchdown to interception, which I think is maybe the most impressive stat. He threw it almost 700 times this year and only threw nine interceptions. That's pretty doggone impressive. Yeah. You, and you got you to gotta stay on board with Will Rogers, I think. Yeah, but he, here's what I, I – I've noticed this too. Now, like you – as you said earlier, like we fully expected to get blown out by Alabama. So I don't hold that against Will. I don't hold that against right. anybody. I mean, just the talent difference is so large, I don't think it's really humanly possible for State to keep that game close this year. But when – I mean, it, it's gotten to the point now where it's like – don't get me wrong, Will Rogers ain't some guy out here with just a noodle arm, a quarterback, but – I right. mean, he, he is unable to throw those deeper passes. And when you take that aspect of the offense out, that I think that causes a massive – that excuse me, that gives the defense a massive advantage because now they know, okay, we don't have to drop so deep now. We can mm-hmm. limit those short passes. And I noticed that every team that we lost to this year, that was one thing that they did very, very well because they knew Rodgers couldn't throw it deep. Now, it's yeah. the craziest thing. When it's a tied game or whatever, Will Rogers cannot make those throws. But it's like when his back is against the wall, he can sling that football, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's and my my issue is, and I was talking to my dad about this. I I, I said going into this game that Will Rogers, in my opinion, had a chance to secure his starting spot for next year, or go into the summer knowing he's going to have to really fight for it. And I think now. When you look at some of the other guys that are coming in on this on this roster, we know that the that the guys coming in, Daniel Greek, Sawyer Robertson, uh, Braden Locke, we know these guys can swing the football a little bit. And so what I'm I almost feel like it, we're going to go into this summer and Leach is going to come out of there and he's going to have to make a decision of do I roll with the guy that has been doing pretty darn good so far, but just he, he's very limited in what he can do sometimes, or yeah. do I give one of these young guys an opportunity to that can really sling that football? Do I give them a shot? And I know that they can they can throw it 25-foot downfield. Just, yeah. I feel like he's going to be in that spot. I mean, you got a good point there. Thank, thanks for the call, Gavin. Uh, the, the main thing to consider is this, though. Leach is going to roll with the guy he thinks can move the offense. And in this offense – 
I think being able to complete passes at 75% is more important to him than being able to throw it 50 yards down the field. I just think that it is. So I, I don't expect much quarterback competition. As far as I'm concerned, Will Rogers is going to be the starting quarterback in 2022 unless something really unusual happens uh, between now and then. I would be very, very surprised by that. Uh, let's go to Hunter Manis and then Scott Neighbors. Hunter, are you there? Got to unmute, Hunter. Hunter, are you there? All right, Hunter's not 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 showing up. We'll we'll go to the next guy. Scott, you're up. Then Graham, and then Rob Hadaway coming back in. Scott, are you there? <clears throat> Scott, unmute. Sorry about that, Brian. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good, Scott. What's going on, man? Hey, um, I got about four things to say. I'll keep it short. Um, okay. First okay. thing tonight, I thought the two stories of the game tonight, for me anyways, was missed tackles, which, again, people being out on defense, that's completely understandable. And I feel like you could, you could make an excuse in some cases for that. However, to me, there's no excuse – for playing the 117th-ranked pass defense and only putting up seven points when we are a passing offense. I I don't understand how that's even remotely possible. And watching the game, you know, I thought Rodgers held the ball too long some. Obviously, drops were a major issue tonight, I thought, too. And Texas Tech probably just had their best coverage game of the season. But against us, I mean, that's – you look at the numbers, and, I mean, you just don't see how that should have happened in any way, shape, or form. The other thing I wanted to say, I want to get your take on this. Um, the amount of people that I see on Twitter comparing Leach's record right now to Joe Moorhead's record mm-hmm. is, I mean, I'm seeing it all over the place. But to me, one guy inherits the number one defense in the country and immediately starts talking about, He's got to rebuild the program and got to have a got to have a rebuild and start over and all this. Leach is changing the way we've played football for over a hundred years. It's completely different from anything we've ever done, and we're two and a half seasons into it. When really, I don't feel like the first season really can be counted into it all that much. I mean, I feel like we've got a long way to go, but I feel like we can see the progress there. And, I mean, tonight was bad. I mean, it's horrible no matter what the situation is. But when a guy – I mean, this isn't just come in, take the reins of a program that's on a positive uptrend and just do what they've been doing. This is changing everything we've ever done. Yeah, uh, I yeah, totally agree. Uh, First off, with the Moorhead thing, thing, I mean, I, I get where I mean, you're coming from on that for sure. Somebody somebody tweeted me, I think. Excuse me. Excuse me. You know, is what happened this year under Leach would we would state be that much worse in year four under Moorhead? And I, I think that's it's 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 a tough question because you have to take into account under Moorhead, it felt like the culture and the, the discipline of the program were slipping away uh, from it. So I, I don't know that I can answer that question really honestly. Um, I think Moorhead, you know. From a wins-loss strictly standpoint, might have been pretty close. You know, honestly, I go back to last year. There were a couple of games that that 
that Leach lost that Moorhead probably would have won because you would have just run the football more. The Ole Miss game comes to mind almost immediately. Uh, I, I, I've thought about that several times. The 2020 Egg Bowl, what does it look like if Garrett Schrader and Kylan Hill play for Mississippi State? It's probably a, a big state win. But as far as, you know, it's, your, your point is correct. You know, this was – and, I, and I, like I've said many times, I don't completely understand why you felt like you needed to rebuild even when you hired Moorhead. I, I felt like, you know, you could have just built off of what Dan Mullen was doing by hiring a similar, you know, philosophy kind of coach. But that was not the path that John Cohen chose to take. He, he, he came to the idea that State needed to be more dynamic in the passing game and then more dynamic offensively to – <clears throat> excuse me, to to have a chance to compete for the SEC championship. And I don't know if that's the case or not yet. I mean, I'll say this. The best case scenario for that is sure. You know, if Mike Lee, if the offense is going to look like it looked against Kentucky and, and Auburn, and you can be better defensively than, than you have been, you know, this year, then yeah, you can, you got a chance to beat anybody. But, you know, that's, that's the risk you have to take. So, it's, it's tough questions. You know, it's tough questions about Mike Leach at this point. And they're sort of earned because this was another game. And it sort of goes back to what we were talking about with Howland. We said this all the time with Howland, that every time he's about to get everybody behind him and start moving forward, something like this happens. And it happened to Moorhead, too. Remember, remember after the Egg Bowl his first year, you know, State goes up to Oxford, totally dominates Ole Miss. They have the fight. Everybody's fired up. Moorhead tells that Ole Miss AD to kiss his ass. And – Everybody was back on the Moorhead bandwagon. Everybody's like, we are behind Coach Joe Moorhead. And then you lay up an egg in the bowl game. Well, sort of the same thing here. Even though you lost the egg bowl, everybody was firmly on like Mike Leach. You know, we're on the bandwagon again, Coach. Then you drop this game in the way you drop it. And people, you can't blame them for being upset. So let's move forward here. Who's, Who's up next here in the group? Graham, you're up. And then Rob Hadaway and then Kyle Knight. Let's bring it Graham's... uh. There we go. Graham, are you there? <coughs> Graham, you just need to unmute. Graham, are you there? All right, Graham's not there, so we'll move on from him. Rob Attaway, you're back in. Rob, you're there. Come on, guys. Rob, you're, you're driving. You need to be safe. I'm not going to let you talk. All right, let's try one more time here. Kyle Knight, how about that? Kyle, can you talk? <coughs> Kyle, just need to unmute. Hey, man, you got me? Yeah, you're good, Kyle. Go ahead. Hey, man, <clears throat> I just have a quick question. Sure. Brian, do you remember a more weird season for Mississippi State? You know, I want to say no, but the pro- the answer is probably yes. I mean, you think about, oh, uh, gosh, the 2016 season. I mean, that team probably should have won two or three more games than it did, but they were just so bad defensively. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, 2012 to start off so good and then finish so poorly, that was weird. Um, I mean, they just – yeah, being a Mississippi State fan is about being weird, man. But that said, this season was weird because you had some some pretty high highs and some pretty low lows. And you can point to about six or seven games that either you could say State should have won or State should have lost. And they did, and, and the opposite result was true. I mean, you could say pretty easily State should have lost to Louisiana Tech. Uh, they should have lost to Auburn. 
they should have lost to, to maybe to Texas A&M, you know, but they didn't. And in the same time, same time you can say they should have beat Memphis, they should have beat LSU, and they should have beat Arkansas. So, yeah, it's a weird season for sure. Yeah, good call, man. How quickly I forget about Sermonitis. Oh, how could you forget? I still have lingering effects from that. I, I think yeah. I, I may need Richard Schwartz to uh, to represent me in a class action suit. You so, just triggered thanks, me. Kyle. But, uh, yep. Good night. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, who's up next here? Uh, Shark Sarthak Sharma wants to join us, and then Hunter Manis, and then Andy Sparks, and we'll wrap up with Andy. He'll be our last talker tonight. Uh, Sarthak, are you there? I am. Um, Did I pronounce that correctly? It's Sarthak. So okay, man. Go ahead. No worries. Um, I just had a question kind of on the rivalry front. <coughs> sure. If Ole Miss wins their bowl game and let's say mm-hmm. gets a good QB in the transfer portal, what's the difference mm-hmm. in perception for the two programs going into next year, especially, let's say, fast forwarding if Ole Miss has another really good year next year? Well, you know, I think Ole Miss, you know, I always talk about the cycles, right, the five-year cycles. Ole, the, Ole Miss should be down next year because this was their up year. So whoever they bring in, they're not bringing in a guy who's as good as Matt Corral. I mean, they're, they're, they're just not. So I know Kiffin's a good coach, but the next guy is just not going to be as good as Corral. So, you know, I think people will say, oh, you know, Kiffin's a good coach and he got a quarterback and they should be pretty good, but they're not winning 10, 11 games next year. I, I just don't think that they are. With State, you had a chance to say, to have the perception of this should be a really good team, a team on the rise, because they bring back so much. But – Losing this game changes that narrative, in my opinion, to uh, no, it's still Mike Leach. He's going to lose a game or two. He shouldn't, and that will hamper this team. So, you know, from a narrative standpoint, you had a chance to sort of really put yourself out there and be a top 25 preseason team. Instead, now people probably look at you and go, well, they should be better. They should be back in a bowl game, but, you know, they'll lose a game they shouldn't. So. All right, Hunter Manis, and then we'll finish up with uh, with Andy Sparks. Hunter, are you there? <clears throat> Hunter, you need to unmute. Ah, oh well. Sorry, Hunter. All right, we'll finish up. Andy Sparks, go ahead, man. Andy, are you there? I can hear you. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, you're good to go, man. All right, first, I just want to mention one thing real quick, and then I just want to ask you one real important question. Uh, I, I have a bad feeling about your important question. I no, 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 I promise I promise you. It's, I think it's a good one. Okay. Um, I right. want to mention that we've had a couple of people call in and say, like, oh, we had some folks out due to COVID, and you know, yeah, maybe yeah. we didn't tackle as well as a result of that. I think my only problem with that is the fact is Texas Tech had a group of players out there playing the same game that we were. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you have on your team. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many years of eligibility they have left or anything like that. I mean, how you win games is being fundamentally sound and doing the little things right. And player one, if they can't tackle, put in player two. And if they can't tackle, find player three. I mean, why do you think Alabama's always so good? Because their players literally do the little things right. It doesn't matter who's playing. And so I just wanted to I want I I don't want to have that little man syndrome always like well this guy was this guy was out so we just had this guy playing I mean we just got to be better. My question is, <laughs> go ahead. Is is Arnett 
the elite defensive coordinator that we all thought he was a year ago. And I want to hear your thoughts well, on that. And I appreciate you letting me talk tonight. Have a good night. Oh, no problem, man. You too, man. Have a safe trip. Have a good weekend. Have a happy new year. Uh, what I'll say about Arnett is this, all right? I think he's a very good defensive coordinator. Is he an elite guy? Is he up there with, you know, I mean, Dan Lanning had a great year, but, I mean, that's a great team. I'm trying to think who I would say is the best defense. You know, some of the best defensive coordinators are coaches right now. Saban, Smart, Aranda, guys like that. But at the end of the day, State scored seven points tonight. And it doesn't really matter how good you are defensively if you can't score more than seven points. At some point, the dam is just going to break. You know, it was 13 to seven midway through the fourth, the third quarter, and then the dam broke. <coughs> so, I mean, at some point you have to move the football and put points on the board and let your defense get a little bit of rest. This is sort of the same argument people were having. A lot of people were saying this about the Egg Bowl. They were like, you know, putting it on Arnett, giving up 31 points. I mean, Ole Miss is a team that scores 35 a game. And, you know, you had six points with seven minutes to go in the game. So I, I have trouble blaming Arnett when the, then the offense is just so bad that his, his defense can't get off the field. I don't think Arnett is a top – is an elite defensive coordinator, but he's, he's very good. He's very, very good. And, and the good news is for State, I feel like the talent is improving defensively. They've recruited well there. They bring back a lot of guys next year. They bring back Jordan Davis from injury. Marcus Banks will be a big key for them, and then they're not done in the portal yet. I, I don't have a whole lot of worries about this team defensively. So, All right, guys, really appreciate you all tuning in. Been a great season. Uh, we will do some of these for basketball. Probably, probably I'm, I'm traveling to Oxford on the 8th, so we'll do one after the game uh, there at Ole Miss. Until then, have a happy new year, and we'll have Thunder and Lightning up uh, in just a little while once uh, we get Robbie on board. So. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for coming in with me. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.